Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, Bram Weinstein, the voice of the Washington football team, and I discuss Washington's 34-30 comeback win over the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, there were things that were not pretty, but there, were all, there was also some terrific offense by Washington, which we will discuss. Do not have any further updates on the injuries, so look for those Monday. Follow, us on, follow me on Twitter, um, ESPN.com. That's when we'll get the injury updates on Logan Thomas, Brandon Sheriff, etc. We did not get into, Bram and I did not get into Dustin Hopkins' missed extra points, nor was Ron Rivera asked about them. That will be brought up Monday during a press conference with him. Somebody's, some one of us will ask it. There's so much else to ask about besides that, but those could have been a killer, and perhaps for past teams, those would have been. If they had lost, it had been a much bigger storyline after this game. It is an issue because this team just can't give away points. Few kickers are perfect on extra points for a season, but missing two in one game, not good at all. So Washington is now two and two with a lot to work on. I would always say it's a lot better to say that after a win than after a loss. Don't forget to follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW and to read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up Monday about Taylor Heineke's legs and how they bailed out Washington, which you saw. Anyway, let's get to it. So here's my conversation with the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein. Bram, I don't even know where to start with that one, but I guess because there's so many places to go with this, there's like even the reactions of the players in the post-game interviews, it's, hey, elated for a win, but you know you have issues over here. But let's start with the positive from this team, and that's Taylor Heineke. I mean, what do you, I don't know what more can be said about this kid because he's doing some of these things seemingly almost every week, not last week, but almost every week. Yeah, uh, last week, I mean, they played a Super Bowl team and got way behind. And it was really kind of the first time that I felt like the game got a little fast for him and they took advantage of some of his inclinations of how he plays. And in this case, they played, you know, a weak-ish defense. And the guy just has such a feel for the game and there's no way to quantify it. I don't know what to call it. He's really poised. I was sitting there getting anxious in the booth because it was like, you know, eight minutes to go, seven minutes to go. They're down by eight. And I like turned to D'Angelo Julian. I'm like, we got to get going here. Like, <laughs> like, even if they score, if they don't get a two point conversion, they're still down. Like all those, you know, thoughts you have about it. And he was completely poised and he got, I would call it lucky on the McLaurin touchdown. <laughs> and I would call it amazing on the McKissick touchdown, you know, cause that was really kind of all him. And then of course, McKissick makes a really great, incredible athletic play to score, but you know, most of the time, guys don't roll to their left, throw across their body and find a wide open guy in the middle of the field with 30 seconds to go in the game. Like it was, it was very pro bowlish, Brett Farvish, savior ish. I mean, the second time now, two weeks, three weeks. And he's like twice brought them down the field in the fourth quarter to get game winning drives. 
listen, and we all understand the limitations here. And there are a couple of throws that he made or couldn't complete. There was a deep one to McClure where I thought, oh, arm strength is there. That's, it's, you know, another guy is going to complete that ball. But there's a moxie that that kid has that in those situations, you kind of feel comfortable with him in those late situations. It's really kind of amazing. Yeah, it is. I love it. I mean, even in the first half, too, the, the throw to Ricky Seals-Jones, this reminded me of the Giants game where he threw a dime to, you know, to McKissick and then threw one to Seals-Jones that was better. The same thing happened in the first half. He threw a dime to Seals-Jones that was dropped. And on the very next place, there was a dime to McLaurin on the other side of the field, the corner of the end zone. I mean, when that guy's locked in, he is locked in. It's obviously the stage is not too big for him. Um, and... Look, I don't know how you quantify it, but the guy knows how to play. He isn't scared of anything. I'm happy for him. He did it at home. You know, he had a lot of family and friends that were there. They're waiting to see him play, I'm sure, for a very long time. Um, I, I don't think Ron Rivera is going to get asked if he's benching him this week. I don't <laughs> no. think that question no. is going to come up. Um, and listen, I mean, that was a gutty effort from a lot of people. Antonio Gibson in and out of the game. Logan Thomas hurt early. Brandon Sheriff. I don't know if they t- – I haven't heard the post game. I don't know if they gave you an update on him. But no, out, best update. offensive lineman out, you know. So, yeah. they had to fight through a lot of things. You they know? did. McLaurin went out a couple times. Cam Sims got hurt. Brown got hurt. Like, this was – this is a rough game. You know, I think it was one of those, like, I didn't see a street fight coming with the, with the Falcons today, but that's certainly what we got. Both teams walked out of here really bruised up, and Washington fought through it. Yeah, and, and just so people know, Bram is at the airport, so – he is doing this so we can get this up sooner. So I know people always kind of talk about certain things. It's the background noise in an airport. So this it's think listen to the conversation and not the background in the background noise. So we're you're bringing you live. I apologize from, for being in a mask too, but I'm in an airport and I live yes. in the Northeast and I've decided I'll be responsible. <laughs> there, there, there you go. So, but but going back to the the um with, with Heineke too, and like the poise that he continues to show in the situations, think about this, like. And almost every start and almost every game he's played here, except for last week, he has been in a position late in the game where they have to have, they need him to make plays to come back and try and win a game. Yes. I mean, yes, they did. It's also the second time in three weeks that a inexplicably a team gave him that opportunity. Um, The Giants did it when they had the turnover and they basically sat on the ball and gave this guy the ball back and dared him to beat him. And he did. And then in this one, Washington's defense literally could not stop Atlanta. Every time they threw the ball downfield, it felt like it was either going to be a completion or it was going to be um, a pass interference. Right. And they ran the ball twice and threw a dump underneath on a third and long and gave them the ball back with two timeouts. And I don't know, like, it's as if they haven't gotten the memo on this guy. And I think that's going to change. Personally. I think, I think they had to be more aggressive calling the game there. And I agree yes. with that. They play, they played to be safe on that one. You have a veteran quarterback who had been picking this team apart. How you don't put yes. the ball, just let him go like win the game here. And, and I felt like that was a coaching failure by them too. I thought the Giants did it. And I think Atlanta did it today. So I thank them for that. And then, you know, listen, there's a lot of things. This one's weird. There were a lot of calls in this game that could have changed the score. The Chase Young call, personally, I thought was unacceptable, honestly. I know what he did, but I don't get how they call, Pat, like, roughing the passer at that moment. And the McLaurin thing might have been a fumble, you know? And the pass interference that they picked up the flag on with Ridley that, that didn't extend a drive. I mean, 
there's a lot of things that happened today too that clearly there was a lot of moments with the officiating that I think could have gone both ways too. Well, the roughing one was was a bit. Listen, I know, and and when Chase goes back and looks at it, he can say I should have just wrapped him up and driven through it. Okay, that's fine. I still don't think it was roughing the passer. So no, it was a ridiculous know, so, call. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous call, especially at that juncture where Washington was either going to get an interception or if they had reviewed it, gotten the ball at the Atlanta 45 in a one-score game. It's ridiculous to call that. And then, you know, it felt very makeup callish when they picked up a flag on what looked like a PI, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. It felt very NBA in the fourth quarter with the way the officials, <laughs> I think, realized they made a mistake with the Chase Young thing and then made up for it. And Arthur Smith should have been hot over that. And then going back to Heineke, and I think one of the things that was a big topic this week was the game manager label. And as we've talked before, and my thing on game manager means every, every great quarterback has, to, has, has been a game manager. Some just make plays while they're doing it. But I thought today Heineke did manage it very well. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't force. There, were, there was one that way. Well, he did force one in the end zone, and it should have been picked. Um, but he, otherwise, I thought he made good decisions with the ball. And I think, you know, his ability to extend plays was unbelievably crucial. You know, Bram, what's, what's funny to me is how we've seen guys like Heineke who extend plays or like to run or can run. They typically get sacked a lot. He doesn't. Yeah. I just, and no, I, think I think it's just, he's got a great line, feel for the game. Yeah. yeah. No, he's got yeah. a great feel for the game. Like some guys, they run around and it doesn't seem like they're very much in control of what they're doing. And he very much seems like he is. And yeah. when he ran today, his instincts were right when he ran today. Yeah. He went out of his way to protect himself. He didn't take too many unnecessary shots. And man, I mean, like, listen, the ball he throws in beautiful, but it is accurate. I mean, it's catchable. Very accurate. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, again, he really got away with one on that McLaurin touchdown. I mean, that was – I can't <laughs> believe he threw that up like that, you know. But still, listen, he got lucky on that one. The other ones, you know, were really amazing athletic plays. And I think more than anything, and I don't think we're just accustomed to this around here, we've got a quarterback who at the end of the game, if you give him the ball, I'm starting to feel confident he's going to go win it. And yeah. we haven't had that feeling in a long time. No, no, not at all. And, and you know, make no mistake, like when you look at the future of this franchise, you still think they're going to be aggressive for a quarterback in the offseason or probably go get one. But that, that kid can do that for you. And I think, what if again, he keeps showing that he can help you he's going to keep you in games all the time. They didn't lose in Buffalo last week because of him. He didn't play well, but it wasn't the issue. So J.D. McC JD McKissick, and he's a guy that, well, first of all, let me go back. Terry McLaurin, you know, the appreciation for him, and it's funny because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, he had a big game. But look at what's going on around him. You have, you know, you have multiple pass catchers going out. Logan Thomas, a very good pass catcher going out. And that kid still always produces. It's just, it, it, it's, it's, I look forward to seeing how that guy develops if this team ever gets a somebody that can be with him as a quarterback for multiple seasons in a row where he gets to know the guy, you know? He's a number one receiver. You know, anytime I, like, somebody on Fox or something like that, like, said something ridiculous before the season, like, you know, oh, I keep hearing their weapons are good and their number one's McLaurin as if he isn't. Like, he is. I, I mean, you have to watch – He's only, he's just starting to develop now. He's got world-class speed. He's got incredible in-game speed. He's got great hands. He doesn't mind contact. He will go up to get the ball and fight for the ball and go over the middle. Um, he's outstanding. And, and I think, you know, you've gotten to know him a little bit. I've gotten to know him a little bit. 
off the field, he's every bit as amazing a person as yeah. he is on the field. He's so easy to root for. You know, it's clear why he's a team leader here. And, um, you know, again, he was he was heroic for them today. And it was really interesting today when I saw finally saw Curtis Samuel get on the field. And on one side of the field, there's Humphrey, Samuel, McLaurin, and there's at least for a little bit of time, Thomas on one side and either McKissick or Gibson. I, we finally got this glimpse of they look versatile. Yeah, and if their number do. one receiver is going to play like this, watch out. And it's funny because, you know, we're sitting there in the middle of the game. I'm like, yeah, this is playing out. D'Angelo, Julie, just like we thought it would. The team will be led by the offense. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we are now. You know, and like that's the way more reliable unit. And it's not even close. No, it's not. And we'll get to that other side in a few minutes. But with with uh, Samuel, since you brought him up and watching him the way that when he goes in motion, that defense has to honor it. You have to be where he is. Like I saw, you'd see Humphreys run the jet, the jet action. He's not going to get the same level of attention when he runs it versus Samuel. That's the difference he makes. And, you know, he, I think he opens things up just by his presence and it gives him another playmaker, but it really just his presence opens it up. And that's why I'm curious to see how it develops moving forward with him. Yeah. I want to see how they use them. And, and again, like I liked that they were moving him around. There were, you know, a couple spots. We made a catch and, the timing was off and, you know, the black was not timed up right. He basically fell over his own guy. And I think it's to be expected. He hasn't played for this team ever. He hasn't played with this team. You know, like it's going to take some time. But there are these moments where I look at him and I go, okay, if we could actually protect our quarterback and have Gibson, McKissick, him and McLaurin on the field at the same time, good luck covering that. Yeah. No, if any one of those people can turn six yard slants or five yard outs into 70 yard touchdowns, good luck. Good luck covering all that. Right. And I think, it, but again, I think it also, it's just the alignments they can use to free up and to, you know, if you're on a side and you got, you got Samuel and, McC and, and McLaurin, who are you going to cover deep and which one is going to go? Right. Deep? You don't know because they both can, they both can run those routes. Um, JD McKissick, he had the touchdown. I mean, that was not like, and I've always liked that guy as a player. When they signed him, I thought that was a great signing. And we've obviously talked about that, but his, that, that, that play, was just classic footwork. And what I liked about it, he talked about how during the week, or his running backs coach, Randy Jordan, they've been on him to basically keep his feet. And because he's had some trouble slipping this season and he kept his feet there. And he also had a play earlier, I think it was like on a third down where he's able to spin yes. away from the tackle that I thought was a I was going to bring well. it up. Yeah, no, I thought yeah, that was a very you know, good I mean, play. Obviously, listen, the touchdown was amazing. Um, you know, once he turned the quarter, the way he flew, I mean, it really was amazing. He's a terrific, terrific player for them. Um, but the one that you referenced earlier is the one that really sticks out to me. He kept the drive alive with his deft a move that a professional tactician type running back receiver makes. He turned a six-yard gain to an eight-yard gain and extended a drive. Um, otherwise, they're punting from their own 30-yard line. And it's those little things that he does. It's why in week one when he wasn't targeted, I think everyone who follows his team yeah. was going, you can't forget about him. Come on now. And then even in the preseason when – Patterson was having all those great moments and people were like, maybe he replaces the kissing. I was like, you no, gotta be kidding. Not a <laughs> I was like, I was like, you gotta be kidding. You can make an argument that JD McKissick is their most versatile weapon. Now you're out of your mind. If you think they're like, well, and also again. look at those, look at the blitz pickups he had today as well. Very key yeah. there. And that's another thing that's, no, that's the big part of being a third down back. Yeah. He was outstanding. I'll tell you what, too. I got a hand it to Antonio Gibson today yeah. who he came in, he missed time during the week. He's had a shoulder thing from a couple of weeks ago. He had a shin thing. I don't even know when that happened. He played through it. 
He got banged around, had to go out of the game a couple times. And when he went back in, he had to pick up blitzers and he did it. So, you know, this was, this was a tough, the offense was tough. I'll, I'll put it that way. They showed a toughness and a resilience that if we can get the defense to show, we might be on to something here. Well, I also like what the line has done too. And when, when Wes Schweitzer comes in for Sheriff and somebody on Twitter even said, did anybody notice a difference? Well, I didn't because the offense is moving the ball and I thought they did a nice job protecting him. Now, what yeah. Schweitzer's not, he's not Brandon Sheriff, but that's oh, why you, this is, but that's an example of the line depth that they've improved over the years that yes, there's going to be a, a, there's not, he's not the same level of player, but the drop-off isn't severe where you're going to notice it. Uh, you, well, uh, to, to a big degree. Let me allow me to differ here a little bit. All right, um, go ahead. I think Sheriff is an elite guard. Oh, no, no, no. That's not my course. Who you can do things with, like pull him and get him out in front of things. He's, he's an elite athlete for someone his size. And I don't think you can do some of those things. Oh, no, absolutely. Backup. Absolutely. Yeah, I would never like, say that. I'd never say that. Protect. Yeah, can Schweitzer yeah. protect for sure? Like, can you do some of the stuff where you're pulling sheriff and he's road grading people? I don't think so. No, of course not. Of course, yeah. and, and and I would agree with that a thousand percent. My point is, you have a guy that can be a start that has started games in the league yes. who can come in. That's it. So he at least gives you a comfort level that you know that this is what he can do and this is what he offers. So yeah, no, he's not oh, yeah. close to sheriff, but he is. He's no. a guy that's there's you know he's not putting and we've seen guys go in there at that in that spot can't play he can he can at least help you with what he does why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Let's turn to the defense because I know you're going to have to get on a plane in a few minutes. And this is a, this is still another topic. And it's funny because in the postgame locker room, I don't know if you saw like Bobby McCain pretty upset what? about some of the questions they're getting. And like, you guys better write when they play well. And, and which Ben Standing even said like, well, you know, you have basically you haven't played well and so when yeah when that does happen it will be written about because it was written about all summer all summer long it's well, all that's, yeah you they know? got a short memory on that one um, yes i don't know if they if they read their headlines or read what was written about them from i don't know february until august <laughs> but it basically said that they're going to be a top five defense that they could be dominant that they might break sack records prematurely that that this is going to be the unit that carries them to back-to-back NFC East titles. And I don't know, I saw Chase Young in 8 million different things, ESPN profiles, uh, commercials. And listen, I'm not like, they haven't played well. So I hear what he's saying, but to sit there and complain about the coverage when they are dead last in a bunch of major categories. And then to say, well, you know, you better write it when we're good. They have been writing it when they're good. They have been overly effusive about like what the future is for this team. And frankly, like I I just know this, if Taylor Heineke has to save them week after week after week, when they play playoff teams, like they did Buffalo last week, it's not going to happen. You know, so the defense has got to get better. I will hold the line with, you know, I just think there's too much talent. I just think it's going to come around. I don't know particularly what is wrong, but I cannot believe that Atlanta went whatever they did on third down and how many of, of them were long third downs. 
absolutely, you could not have convinced me before the game. This was the get well game. This team can't run the ball effectively. They can't protect up the middle. I thought this was going to be an overwhelming performance by the defense and it was far from it. So, you know, listen, I appreciate that they're mad about the coverage and it's motivating. Well, it's most, it is yeah. warranted right now. It is warranted. And to think that like the, the media has been unfair to them, I think is ridiculous. Honestly. Well, and, and here's, there's a couple of things. One, I think a few of us, myself included, I predicted a good game for the defense. I predicted two sacks for Chase, for Chase Young. None of that happened. So thanks okay. a lot. And then the other thing, the other thing I tell them too, we get, we're going to, you know, for the podcast, there's going to be a lot more downloads if they're playing well. So, right. you know, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a bottom line here. And I think most of the guys that have been around and, is, and again, like even reading Ron Rivera in the post game, I think he was, he was very happy with the win, but he understands the reality of the situation. He knows what a top level defense looks like. And this one is not even close to it. Not even well, tweeted out during the game. I'm not even sure what they do really well right now. You know what I, you know what I think this, you know, this is really, I will say that a step has been taken here and it's a small one, but it's an important one because this franchise hasn't had it for a while. When they have played obvious playoff teams, Buffalo and the chargers, they couldn't beat them. Right. Right. Playing this way, not playing their best, but when they played teams that are marginal or not great, like Atlanta or the giants, they found a way. And you know what? That is different than years past. It is. It is different. They have often lost games like this. They're on the wrong side of stuff like this. They're the ones asking questions about why they didn't do this or why they didn't do that or why their quarterback didn't get it done or why they gave this team too much time. And in the end, like, I think that is an important step to note that when they're not playing nearly at what we think is their capability, they're still two and two. Right. And I know you can sit there and go, well, it's the Giants in Atlanta. Those are NFL teams. And the last time I checked, Daniel Jones threw for 400 yards in the dome today and the Giants won. Right. Okay. So, you know, like anyone who wants to pretend that NFL wins are easy, do not know this sport, frankly. They don't. That the margin for error between the good teams, the bad teams is slim to none. And the great teams aren't even that much better than everybody else. So you never take, I never take any of these things for granted. I see what they go through to do this. I recognize that. You know, the backups on the other team can be often just as good as the backups on your team. And it's, it's, the margin is so slim and razor's edge close. And they won today on the road in a game where their defense didn't play very well. That is a small step forward. It's an organization that's learning how to win, even when the supposedly dependable parts of their team are not dependable at all. Right. And, and I would agree with all that. And I think that's where for him, it's like, hey, he's coming into the press room like, hey, we just won. Why are all these questions? Yeah. Most of them are, are not very good for them because I think, you know, long-term that kind of effort cannot sustain a winning or situation. And I think that's where, and it's also, you know, the hard part is when you look at like those third downs, I saw him play press man and third and long. So it was no soft zone. They gave it up. I see, I see him play zone. They give it up. They play a cover three and Bobby McCain bites on something over the dig over the middle. He's got to stay deep and Patterson's wide open for a touchdown. Those things keep happening. I think that's where that's confounding the coaches and it's, you know, certainly the fans and, and everybody else. And so that's where you know, I think the team too, they should appreciate the high expectations that the fan base has of that we are educated. We know what good football looks like. It's been a long time since we've had a consistent version of it, but we know what it looks like. We know it has to happen to win. We know that's not good enough. And I, I would think that they would understand and be appreciative of, we do know what we're talking about here. 
right? right? And we do know that if your defense continues to play like this, you will not win every game in the last second like this. In fact, you will lose most of them. Correct. So, you know, and, and I'm with, listen, I'm with McCain. If it, things turn, things will be written differently. And I would just say well to him, they already have been. That's <laughs> what I, that, we, we kind of came out of there saying the same things. Like, what did, like all August and these, you know, the fan base, that's all they heard is this is going to be a great defense. And we're all guilty yes. of it. And they haven't been. So what, you know, why not? And like, you have a line that still is not getting, I thought there were a couple of plays. I thought the sack by with um, sweat and pain was a really nice job doing coordinated effort there and yes. sweat, sweat, sweat gives himself up to take out two guys. And it's basically like a pick and roll where pain then forces them back into sweat. Who's rolling into the quarterback. That's That is exactly what they're talking about, but they keep having those coverage breakdowns. We know the weaknesses at linebacker. Um, and, but, but I'm also been like the corners haven't been great either. And so like that to me is where some, there are some surprising areas and for whatever reason, whether it's the coverages that are being called, the plays being called, whatever. I'm, I don't want to just put it on the players because when it's consistent week after week, it's on everybody. I agree. I agree. And, and I do, I really do firmly believe it is a long season. And I try to remind people last year at this time, they had been smoked by the Ravens, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Lions. None of those games were close. They all gave up 30 points in those games. They weren't close. And they ended up with a second-ranked defense. And then everyone goes, well, they didn't play anybody at the end of the year. But you know what? They played Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> they did play people at the end of the year. They just got a lot better as things right. went along. And I just have to hold out hope that that's going to happen. And if it does, watch out. You know, they might have a pretty good team here. Yeah, and and it, and listen, it can still happen. But they, I, well, I think what has to happen first is play a good game on defense first. And they just haven't done that. And, you know, and their teams are going to move in this league. If you can play well in the red zone, you play, it's the money downs, third downs, red zone. Yeah. And the, the, at some point you have to think they'll get better on third downs because that's a historically bad third down defense right now. And that's Especially where it's third like, and long. I mean, that's right. part of it. If you go through like the, just historically the averages of any team on third and eight or longer, the fact that they are allowing conversions at the rate that they are, I'd have to really, I'd have to like call next gen stats or something, but I would go with that. This is historically bad. That I'm going to be finding that out. Extremely unusual, like extremely yeah. unusual that this is happening. I'm going to find that out this week. Like the, the worst, worst teams on third and eight and longer and see where these guys stack up this year and over the last however many years, but yeah. this year in particular, cause it's been really bad. And like I said, it's never just a, it's not just a, oh, they play soft coverage. That's not the case. When you watch it, they have blitz at times on that. They don't get home. And it seemed like like the veteran quarterbacks know exactly where to attack them in those situations. And they play, you know, Matt Ryan is not a great quarterback anymore, but he is a very smart quarterback. So, you know, there, there you go. Um, any last thing, Bram, I know you got to get going here. So how do you come out of this one then? Summing it up, like looking forward, what is your take moving forward from what you saw today? Everything's in front of them. Um, and I don't think it really matters how they got here. They're here at two and two. And they're coming home for back-to-back -back home games. So things are in front of them. Um, and, you know, I, I really, I believe, I, I heard someone, someone said this. I don't remember who said He said, I heard someone say, like, confidence is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I think offensively, I would have to think that they walk out of this going, oh, guess what, people? Like, right. We're the ones that can't be stopped now. Right. And 
if that's going to be the case where we can reasonably believe that they're going to be scoring 20 to 30 or more a game against, you know, most defenses, um, you know, then, the, then maybe the defense doesn't have to be the world beaters that we, you know, announced that they were all off season. So I actually feel good. So in the end, you know, a win's a win in the NFL. Yeah, it's very and they listen, won. It's very hard to this win. Is this is not league. a. This is not a funeral. Like, oh, no. they won, but they're you're not going anywhere. No, are you kidding? You know how many times they lost games like this over the last 20, 30 listen, years? Like, my 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 thought when I'm watching this, I've you know I saw it happening. What is it? Eight years ago, they're down here, and Kirk Cousins can't convert the two point conversion. They lose a the game like yes. that. They this time they got the ball back, and it was bad coaching by the Falcons, I'd say, but good job by the defense. Finally, finally getting off the field. So. You know, and and so yeah, I mean, you uh, any win is a good win in the NFL. I don't. This isn't college where you Three. need style points. You do not need that. You need Ws. That's no. it. That's it. This is so. not the Georgia State Auburn game where Auburn won on a touchdown at the last second at home, and they go, "That's bad." <laughs> I'm an Ohio. I'm an Ohio State fan. There are a lot of weeks where I say, "Wait, I was an Ohio State fan." There are a lot of times I'm saying like they won by two touchdowns, but that was terrible. I mean, because it's just different in the NFL. A W is a good win because, like you said, it is hard to win. Like as bad as Atlanta will be at the end of the year with their record, they have a quarterback who is a really good veteran quarterback. You know what I mean? So a quarterback who is going to be number eight all time in passing by the end of the year. (laughs) Calvin Ridley is, you know, Kyle Pitts is a good player. So they, it's not like they don't have talent. They're just not as deep. They're not as good. But to come back and win in that situation, I think what it also does. With Heineke, it does like those players have confidence in him and a belief in him. So I think the 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 mantra for them is just keep the game close and give this kid a shot in the end. Is they are beyond slow starters. Like the quit, the opposing quit deferring scored, on the toss. I mean, they're the opposing team has scored has scored on every opening drive today. Ended up in just the field goal, you know. Like, but every every other game was a touchdown. So they are down seven to ten points in every single game without fail. Like, yeah. I'd love to hear an explanation as to why it takes them so long to ramp up and get going. Well, I also consider stop deferring, perhaps. But you know, it almost Maybe. worked out today. It almost worked out today because they had the drive at the end of the half. The defense stops them. Maybe you get another shot, but you get the ball back with some momentum and the defense gave it up. So like it actually almost worked today, but part of me just says, this kid's playing well. If he's playing well and you feel good, maybe get a shot to get ahead for a change. Um, So anyway, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, Bram, have a good flight. Thanks for coming on and we'll talk to you next week. All right. See you. That's it for this episode. I'll be back with another one Wednesday. Talk to you next time.